Hi, I'm Helen and this is Why Mums Don't Jump, busting taboos about leaks and lumps after childbirth. All the stuff that happens to your pelvic floor that no one ever talks about. Incontinence, prolapse, pelvic pain, problems that affect millions of women. One in three. I'm one of them. I have a prolapse. My pelvic organs fell out of place after the birth of my second child five years ago. And if you'd told me then I'd be speaking about this stuff out loud, I would have told you to give your head a wobble. It's taken eight episodes, but I finally persuaded the women of what we call our pop club to be on the podcast. We met around 18 months ago. We all have prolapse. It affects us in different ways. But just to have someone on the end of a phone or a message or even better in person who really gets it has made a big difference to how I view my pelvic floor dysfunction. It's it's no longer isolating. It's actually led me to new friends. It's not embarrassing because trust me, once you have discussed your vagina with strangers, there is nothing that you can't get into. It's uh, weirdly uplifting because even if one of us has a bad day, the others are there to cheer us up. And it's just been a really positive experience that I'd love for more women to have. So you're going to hear from Sky, Should we start at the beginning? not her real name, and Jess, <laughs> also not her real day. name. And there's heady, heady days when we first go to baby classes and we feel like all our organs are falling out. <laughs> and we think that everyone's like, you know, having a really good time. Oh, and... well, go on. Tell me about when, when you two first met, because I obviously wasn't around. I wasn't on the scene in those days. What happened? Uh, how, how was that? I, well, what I remember, I don't know if you'll remember the same. I, I, it, I saw you, Sky, at a baby group where we didn't talk, but then obviously we must have met after that at another baby group when we started talking about the whole prolapse thing. But I remember my friend who'd had a C-section was saying, oh, do you want to come to this baby group? And I just remember in the early days, you know, like, where is it? Where am I going to park? How far am I going to have to walk with the baby? Has it got stairs? How am I going to get my pram out of the car? Like, all of these things whirring around any time you wanted to leave the house. Just really stressful, worrying about, you know, the fear of God that you shouldn't lift your baby or you shouldn't lift your pram or you shouldn't walk upstairs. So I, I remember, yeah, yeah, I'll go. Like, dragging myself out, even though I really just wanted to wail at home. I think maybe my son was eight weeks old. And then I got there, and it was up some stairs. And, you know, when you're, like, semi, semi there, but you're just literally thinking about your prolapse. Well, I was 24-7. And then I just remember, like, looking around thinking, everyone's having the perfect time. And I remember seeing Sky thinking, oh, she looks really happy with her perfect vagina. I don't know. Like, I literally remember. I know. And thinking like I was the only one in the whole wide world. And then I don't actually remember where we must have met. I do. It was another baby group. It was a different one. Because I remember you came out, we were just sat there chatting as you were, like, while the babies are playing. And then you just came out with it. And you, it was such a breath of fresh air because (laughs) nobody had ever mentioned it to me ever before I was like suffering in silence I guess effectively and then you came out with it and I was like yes I have one too and then it was like it was amazing for me because I'm not a very open person to talk about it so for somebody to come out and say in front of me and and to be able to to relate to that was amazing for me 
and still is, to be honest. Oh, that was my quest. It was like my way of coping, like going out, trying to find <laughs> more was. women with prolapses. <laughs> I found loads. Honestly, I found someone in Trafford Centre I was chatting to. <laughs> yeah, I found <laughs> someone oh, in well, the I had, a, I had a moment in the Trafford Centre as well, sitting around that fountain, just kind of blurted it out to someone. We bonded. Yeah, this woman was like, oh, yeah, I've got a prolapse. I'm going to the hospital soon. Then found someone in the park. I was like, please be careful. And you've just had a baby and you've obviously got your toddler there. You know, you need to be really careful. Like mine under anxiety alert everywhere. Um, and she was like, yeah, no, I've already got problems down there. Yeah, I met loads of women. <laughs> I love how open you are about it. Though. I do. And I, I wish I could be like that, honestly. Because we, Sky, we uh, we met because because of someone who came to my Instagram page, who you also know, who lives yeah. in Australia, of all places. And she was like, yeah. oh, I know someone in Manchester who also has With a prolapse. With a prolapse. Yeah, you should, I'm going to send you her number and you should just go for a coffee. And I was like, this is really weird. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to text someone out of the blue that I've never met and be like, I'm so glad you did that. Someone we don't know who lives in Australia says we should meet. (laughs) And you you were just like, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. So she's still, she's like one of my best friends still. Yeah, she's in Australia. We met met many years ago when we were traveling in Asia and uh, we stayed in touch ever since. But she, yeah, she, she had a prolapse. The thing is, the annoying thing is she told me all about it before I had my son. And I was like, you know. That's such a rare thing because I'd never heard anything about it. But, you know, I felt awful for her, but I thought that's never going to happen to me. And lo and behold, it happens to me. Well, I'm dead grateful because she brought us together. I know. I remember remember walking into that cafe with, what was he, my four-year-old at that point? Yeah, looking Looking for you. You were like, oh, I've got another friend with a prolapse. I'll bring her along, Jess. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was just like... We were just straight into like, okay, what kind of prolapse have you got? Or what, like, how's it feel like? And the kids are running around and there's all these people around just like listening to us talking about our vaginas. I was like, I have never, this is the weirdest thing, but it also just felt really normal as well. It did. And it, yeah, it, it, and it does with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it is good. It's definitely good to just to kind of share experiences and stuff because otherwise it can leave you in a bit of a lonely place, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Then Jesse's husband turned up and I was like, this is getting weirder and weirder. (laughs) I know. I always say, and then he's like, oh, yeah. I was like, I'm going to speak to Pop Club. He's like, all right, we'll say hi. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sky, how are you you doing? I think last time we spoke, you were having some things were not going well because you had some surgery, didn't you? Tell us us about that. Because I'm never sure what. What happened it was around it was was it around the time that we met you had just had it a few weeks before then I think I think so yeah so so basically what happened with me I had my son and uh, oh like those things and I got poorly because I had to have a catheter and then I got some sepsis and then when I finally got the catheter out about five weeks into it I realized something still didn't feel quite right and then I went to the doctors and the doctor was like, oh, no, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with you. So I was like, fine. And then I went to the GP and I said, GP, can I exercise? She was like, yeah, it's fine. Just crack on. And I knew something wasn't right. I just absolutely knew it. 
Um, and then I finally went back to the GP and I said, please, can you have another look? Because I really don't think it's right. And she went, oh, yeah, yeah, you do have a prolapse, actually. I was like, oh, brilliant. Um, but she wouldn't refer me for physio because I wasn't having any incontinence. And she said that was the criteria at the time. So I paid, really? for, a, I paid for a private physio for quite a few months. Who was my angel and she did so much um, good for me. Like, she gave me so much hope and she made... I, my, my big issue was pelvic pain and still is, actually. But at the time, it was really bad. Um, my muscles were really, really tense. Um, and she really helped me helped me relax a little bit and, and try and, and, and that really helped with my pain. Um, and then I... Sky, sorry, what kind of what kind of pain? Like, where is it? Just, How do you feel? It's my it? muscles are too tense, I guess, to, basically. It's like my muscles in my pelvis are, like, constantly running a marathon. It's like <laughs> they're just constantly under contraction. And I just... I, and... Um, she sent me away to do some pelvic floors to try and relax my muscles. And then when I finally got this thing called biofeedback, where they basically put something inside you so that you can see how your muscles are, are doing, all the time I thought I was relaxing, I was just tensing in a kind of weird way. <laughs> I just mm. had no idea what was going on down there. I had absolutely no idea. Like everything was just, yeah, not as it should be. But yeah, my private physio really helped. And then eventually uh, I got to see a consultant at the hospital and I got to see a, uh, an NHS physio and then when I saw the consultant she was like yeah yeah you do need some surgery so I had surgery yeah a few weeks before I met you my son was probably about I think he was about 17 months old or something at the time um, and it was fine the surgery was fine it just wasn't 100% successful so although it has helped to some degree with things like going to the toilet um, I do still get the pain from the pelvic muscles which is un- kind of unrelated to the to the prolapse surgery and then because of the I guess where they've done the surgery it still kind of sticks inside so it still kind of hurts and feels uncomfortable a lot still um but that's something that I just kind of deal with and I'm not kind of I, I never kind of really stopped me doing what I wanted to do I was kind of determined to write right I want to be that mum that I was going to be and although it hurt I pushed through and I was still whether it was right or not wrong, probably wrong. I was still walking up mountains and, and going for runs and, and doing things that I wanted to do because that's what I wanted to do, which is probably not the best thing to do. Um, and I wouldn't definitely recommend that. But for my mental health, that's just what kind of mm. I needed to do. So I don't, I probably didn't help myself in that sense. Um, but yeah, I'm, I am where I am now and it's probably the best I'm going to be. So I just kind of have to manage my own pain and just kind of deal with it really and... Yeah, I was still dancing around the room to 80s power ballads tonight, so <laughs> <laughs> carrying my little toddler. So, you know, it, it can't be so bad, can it? Uh, I, I mean, I, I deal with it and it's, you know, it is what it is, basically. It's just crack on now. Are you are you still seeing someone? Are you hoping, like, no. to progress it at all? I, I did get a referral back to the hospital to about the pain and... Um, but because of COVID and everything, obviously that was cancelled, which is mm. fair enough. So I guess I'll we'll wait a little while and maybe go back. It's uh, it's, it's the pain still that bothers me. Yeah, that's that's the issue. That but, needs looking at. Yeah. That does. Like you need to follow that up and. Yeah. Oh, love. Yeah, I know, but you know, at least I've got my healthy boy and you know everything. That's wild. And you've got us. You've got Pop Club. Yeah, I've got Pop Club. And I'm, (laughs) like I said the other day when I messaged you guys, like I'm so grateful for for that because I'm not, you know, I'm not 
like Jess, I can't. I'm not. And I, even a lot of my closest friends don't really know, you know, about it. So uh, really? for you to have, yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I just. I don't. Yeah, I just. Don't I wish really. I was more like that. Why? <laughs> I know. I don't know, and I don't. I don't know what I think. I'm trying to hide. I mean, it shouldn't. I, sh- I should be trying to like, oh, like you guys trying to, you know, spread the word and break taboos. But I'm just really embarrassed. I guess. I'm just really embarrassed. Do you know what? I don't think you have to. I don't think you have to tell the whole world, and I think that's absolutely fine. I think it really helps to tell someone. Yeah. And I would really encourage people to do that. But you know, I don't. Because yeah. I know, like, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but obviously we're using different names for you two today. Because yeah. cause not everyone does feel comfortable. Oh, it's not comfortable. I, mm-hmm. the, the first episode of the podcast that I put out where I was kind of explaining about my vaginal wars, the next, the day that went out and the day after, I was just like, I was so emotional and slightly in fear of what I just did. Um, I think you're really brave. I think it's amazing. Like I'm, mass- I'm massively in awe of you for doing it. I'm really proud of you for doing it. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I'm proud. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, Jess, <laughs> back to you. <laughs> um, you were not having a great time, and now you've been back and got a new pessary. A new pessary, yeah. How did you manage to do that in lockdown? So do you know what? It was brilliant. COVID was brilliant because actually hardly anyone was there. I walked straight in. I saw a lovely lady called Jane. I cried a bit. Oh, I met her, Jane. Yeah, I think I might have seen Jane. Really, yeah. I was like, you know some of my friends from Pop Club. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, so you got a new, so how did you go with the new pest? You didn't, you weren't wearing one before, were you? No, not really. No, it's brilliant. Is it like, is it so it's the ring but the bit in the middle's filled in? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Is it one you can take in and out yourself? Are you able to do that? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's literally just like the ring but it's just got a little bit that's filled in. It's literally the ring with a little bit in it. Can you not, can you not feel it when it's inside at all? Not really. It's like my whole body just goes, you've got something foreign in there and it just like, all my poor little muscles that are already hypertense just go, ah! around it and then it just it just doesn't feel good for me at all no I have found it actually quite good in to the point where I say oh I wish I'd gone sooner have you had have you had a pessary before yeah I just had the ring so I had that for a bit but she actually said it was too big which was great because I was like I think I've got a massive vagina (laughs) (laughs) you've always said that (laughs) you totally totally haven't Yeah, well, apparently I don't, but you know, I like to. You, come on, there's something you should know about. I like, I like to catastrophize. If you haven't realised that about me now, okay. I had noticed. <laughs> Definitely have to learn a lot, I think, to try yeah. and to try and understand a little bit more, and but also to let go of some of that fear as well. Yeah. That's because you know that's what kind of held me back for a really long time, not wanting to do anything at all, just for for fear of making it worse. Like I didn't go on the bike, I haven't been on my bike two and a half years later and I get on it and Aww. I'm like, oh my goodness. I remember you, because I remember you talking about it, Sky, how you were on your bike and I was thinking, woman, I'm not going on my bike, that woman's crazy, like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then I got on it the other day and my son was on the back and I was like, this is brilliant. This is just, yeah, it's great, it was a bit it? teary, it was an emotional moment because I was like, this is the mum that I always wanted to be. This person. Because I'm so sporty. 
you know, I did all the sports. Now I don't do anything because I like team sports. I find it boring going to the yeah. gym. I like netball, running. I used to love netball. Tennis. Used to do loads of tennis dates before. None of that now. But you did your cycling and everything didn't fall out. Nothing fell out and it felt all right and it was fine. And, yeah, you know, back in the day, I couldn't even walk around Tesco's. I remember, I remember going to Costco and I, I was like, I can't even walk around Costco. What is my life about? Mm. Was yours, do you, you think you got yours in pregnancy? Yours happened in pregnancy, don't you? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Because I had constipation. I think, I, I think that was something possibly was there then looking so back strain, maybe maybe straining on the loo or something yeah yeah and but then I was induced I don't really like this story but I was induced and, oh don't uh, tell me no, if you don't want to no, it's fine I don't mind it it's just it's just a bit rubbish isn't it I just I didn't I, I didn't in, I didn't it was I, I found it traumatizing anyway I was induced and that was traumatizing because they just left me for ages and then I had forceps and didn't get any kind of honestly the advice I got looking back now rubbish like really disappointing from the hospital as I know some other people other hospitals if you have forceps they come and physios come and visit you and give you advice no advice and then I just I remember I really wanted to go for a walk in my with my pram I think my son was only and this is where it used to go round in my head, like, when was that day? Was it then? But eight, maybe eight days, I walked probably a mile to a restaurant, had some food, walked back, and I remember it being really, feeling really heavy and uncomfortable, but I pushed through it because that's what I wanted to do. And then I went, had to, I had a stitches infection, oh, I had like that was just horrendous so I'd gone to the doctors and I'd lifted the car seat and I couldn't get it out it was like a really heavy one and I was like <clears throat> trying to lift it out for ages and I was trying to do my pelvic floor like as I was doing it because I did know a little bit about how to lift but then I lifted that and carted that down some stairs I, to be honest I think that was that was probably the icing on the cake that day and then I was miserable then that was it I don't really remember much <laughs> after that it was a, a year year and a half of misery Oh, that sounds really depressing, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> there was joyous times in it as well. Um, yeah. But I was just really worried about everything and I don't know, like, oh, will you still love me? I won't be able to be a mum that I want to be. I want to play rounders. I want to run. I want to chase. I want to lift. I want to run down the street. With my son when he's older. Yeah. What happens if I want another one? I won't want another one. And then when I die, there'll be no one for him because he's an only child. <laughs> oh, my God. God. No. Where's that gin? <laughs> it's so stupid because lots of people are only children and it's absolutely fine. Like, I don't, I just, I don't know, just completely. You weren't, you weren't in a great place where, yeah, yeah, you were I was just really miserable. But I would, I would, like, when I look back and I say to my friends, Oh my god, was I really miserable all the time? They, they were like, "No, you were a great mum," and I think I was, but I just think there was a lot of times as well that I just used to get myself through some box sets on Netflix. Yeah, 
so yeah that that's my story um and how is it now yeah like I'm I'm kind of yeah I'm a lot better I don't know I feel like I have all the things that I've worried about some of the things those things have happened and it's all been okay which then really annoys me because I do this all the time I worry about something for ages and then it just turns out fine I think why have I worried about that and I think oh I spent like a whole and I remember my mum saying to me don't waste this time worrying it's all very well someone saying that to you but when you're in it it's really hard and it's like you know you that if that's kind of the type of person you are it's really hard to not take your focus off those things but I I just think, actually, yeah, life, I think it's just the coming to terms with it, isn't it, really, that that's happened. Mm. And I think when that's embroiled in trauma as well from a birth, I think that's extra hard to manage. Um, so I think that was just especially hard at that time. So, yeah, so I... So, but I, I think it is all around like this social media thing because I remember saying to my mum, "Well, no one told me that I couldn't walk or I couldn't lift," and she was like, "Well, I mean, helpful, but <laughs> like, well, of course, it's obvious." And it's like, "No, it's not. It's not no. obvious in this day and age because people it's are shit six weeks and snap back." Yeah, and and mm. yeah, you see them running around the park with the push chairs and stuff, and you're like, "I want to be like that." Exactly. You have a baby and you're out of the hospital within a day. What have you? You know, like I had forceps. I was out of the hospital within a day. You know, no real advice. And so then you see all people that are out. You see social media people like, oh, I'm back in my jeans after six weeks. I remember trying to get my jeans on at six Mm -hmm. weeks and think they got up to my thighs. And I didn't put weight, you know, obvious weight on during pregnancy. But obviously my hips had just, you know, gone into those childbearing and my, my separation of my abdominal muscles was ridiculous it was like a meter or something no not a meter but it was like a good six or seven centimeters <laughs> when I was assessed mm. that's a lot I mean that puts a lot of weight around well uh, looks like a lot of weight around your middle because has that separated. gone now then not completely I reckon it's still a couple of centimeters diastasis yeah but it's, I think it is what it is I still to be honest I still try and do my tummy exercises every day that, that she gave me and I'm hoping I'm like, like the model dreaming patient. that it's really annoying she is isn't she yeah I'm, I'm dreaming one day that it'll go but it's probably never gonna go in all realist in all honesty now but you know you can dream I can dream <laughs> I mean, it always comes down to this, but I just always think about people who are listening who are in that place where they've just found out and what I wish, what, you know, what you wish you would have known or what you'd say to someone at that point. Just Jess's honesty with me, like I said, was was just amazing. And like, it was just a real eye opener and it just made me feel more normal. And it was just great to hear that other people were going through it. So, you know, if you are in a mum's club or whatever, don't be shy and do open up a little bit and and tell people and spread the word and you know you're more likely if you're anything like uh, Jess to meet a million people with the same thing (laughs) (laughs) true I yeah I think yeah I I did find great help with finding people that lived local to me that just had a baby and was in the same situation and it made me feel more normal and I was happy I don't mind talking about it because I think you know that's what gets people through and it is normal and it does happen I mean what do they say people used to use like 
pears as pessaries back in the day you know it's not something that i heard potatoes yeah maybe potatoes that that sounds more durable actually than a pear. <laughs> this slightly overripe pear oh <laughs> uh, yeah you're right a potato that sounds better uh, please don't try this at home <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and I think, I don't know if anyone's like me and you get in your own head, I think it's really hard because if anyone have ever said that to me, you know, what will be, will be, you know, I'll just tell them to do one <laughs> and let me wallow in my misery, which I did, and I did do it really well. Um, I think that's all right. I think you can wallow. I think that's all right. It's totally legit. Like, And I think just take every day as it comes and find find a friend and chat through it. Because there are loads of women out there. Like, if I can find someone at the Trafford Centre, someone at the park, someone at a baby group, <laughs> someone at the hospital, a couple of people in my NCT, they're out there. Find your pop club. It can only help. Clearly, we are not medical experts, so please don't take anything you heard there as medical advice, especially the pear stuff. And with that... I'm bringing series one to a close with the slight caveat of a possible bonus episode next week. Fingers crossed for that. When I started this series, I thought I'd be happy if a handful of women heard it and found some comfort. I never could have imagined the heartfelt messages I've had from all over the world. You have trusted me with your stories. You tell me that listening has made you feel less alone and more importantly that it's given you hope there is hope i'll be back with a second series in the not too distant future i have some ideas about the sort of areas that i'd like to get into but i would love to hear your thoughts what's important to you what sort of voices would you like to hear what questions would you like me to ask Get in touch on Instagram at whymumsdontjump or via the website whymumsdontjump.com. And in the meantime, please, please spread the word. Tell a friend, spam a WhatsApp group, put an advert on the side of a bus. Let's end the stigma. Thank you to Jules for the tech support and the cheerleading. Thanks to Sarah at Pear Projects, that's P-E-A-R, for introducing me to the world of postnatal fitness and for the love and support for the pod. Thanks to my best friend Kath for helping me to tell my story back in episode one and to all the other brave, wise and fabulous women who agreed to speak to me throughout the series. Thanks to Guy at Dapdip for his podcast wisdom and finally, thanks to my husband Paul for always believing and giving me the time and space to make it happen. Bye for now. <laughs>